In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. My name is Tony Grubmeyer, and today we are talking to Glenn, Elliot, Spencer, and Sean. Individually, they are really interesting guys, but together they are Rakoma, a Seattle-based four-piece indie alternative rock band. Uh, they love pizza, their parents, and a good time. These boys uh, know how to caress your ears with simple yet honest tunes that make you want to cry and laugh all at the same time. Please welcome to the show, Rakoma. Thank you. Thank you. So first and foremost, let's let's go ahead and just get the, the the interesting question out of the way, and then we'll just have a bunch of fun. What are your guys' individually or together definition of success? I guess I'll start. Uh, so I would say probably the financial freedom of, yeah, playing music and being able to solely just play music and, and make money off of that and have, you know, have kids and whatnot and be able to pay for their college and all that. But at the same time doing what, you know, I want to do. I love it. I think for myself, like, I feel like when I stepped into music, I was like, I'm probably not going to be able to make this like a full-time gig. I mean, it would be the dream to do that and that would be exciting and I would count that as success. But I think finding fulfillment in like, accomplishment or finding fulfillment in like being able to like represent others or like serve others through music I think is like that's kind of what I would define as success being able to like have a positive impact on others and um, be be excited about what I'm doing too yeah I mean I'm gonna second what these guys said (laughs) having the the freedom to do excuse me do music full-time and make that like the main you know, daily routine would be awesome, whether it's like on tour or at home writing new music or collaborating with people. Uh, that's, that's the goal. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, just uh, mainly financial stability and like creative freedom is awesome and that, that'd be the goal. Well, let's go ahead and do this. Next time we'll answer questions, just throw out your first name. It'll be easier for everybody to kind of get to know your guys' cool voices. Um, what are you currently doing right now to support your dream? Like, you know, are you working side hustles? Are you solely, you know, living off of your gigs that you're performing? Tell a little bit about what you're currently doing to help anybody listening right now understand hard work pays off, but you got to put in the grind right now doing some things. Maybe it's not what you love, but it pays the bills. Yeah. So, uh, this is Glenn, by the way. Um, yeah, me and Sean both work. Uh, we sell windows. Uh, actually we like door to door salesmen almost kind of a little bit different but and then Elliot yeah <laughs> yeah Elliot's a pastor a worship pastor at a, a church yeah so music I, pastor <laughs> I play music at a church full-time <laughs> and then Spencer over here he uh delivers meat yeah meat boy meat man meat man. Meat, meat man are you the guys who drive through my neighborhood trying to offload the meat that didn't sell for like the last no. month 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no, but that sounds like a good gig. Yeah. You know if they're hiring? <laughs> yeah, we're done with Windows. <laughs> Glenn and I actually met through our side hustle working at the Apple store. Oh, before, cool. Which one worked at the Apple store? Uh, both Glenn and I. This is Sean speaking. That's um, so, yeah, we, we met at the Apple store a few years ago and graduated from the Apple store to knocking doors. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was one of the questions too. How did you guys all collectively come together? Like, was it a couple of you at first and then the rest of you fell into place or was it something you all set out to do together? Yeah. Uh, Glenn and I met, uh, we had just moved to Seattle, Glenn from New Jersey, me from California, uh, met at work at the Apple store. And then we had a couple other guys that we initially were jamming with and playing music with. And, and then slowly it became the four piece we are right now probably uh, spencer joined last in early was it early 2018 late 2018 um, about a year ago year and a half ago yeah it was like probably december 2018 or january 2019 yeah i saw a couple of your interviews you're talking about your old recording studio and and just how you've kind of had to like go through some stuff to get to where you're at today and i know you've been performing more and more and what do you, as you, as you kind of sit in your room today and looking out at 2020 and beyond, what's got you really, really excited about maybe what you've heard so far about people loving on you guys, the gigs you've been performing, the things people are, the buzz around you, because there is a buzz. I can hear it even, I live in Colorado and I've definitely showcased your music to a lot of people I know in the industry. What's, what's something that's got you really, really exciting about where you're at right now in your music career? I think like what's always really cool and kind of like sobering is like when we play a show and people are singing, you know, to the songs and like they're singing the songs we like haven't released yet. Yeah. Which is like weird. I think that's always like a really cool, like, wow, like a good testament to what we're doing and a, and a good testament to like keep going. You guys, uh, you guys got an amazing sound. And how, how'd you all land in, in Seattle? Glenn, how'd you go from New Jersey to Seattle? What was calling you to make Seattle your home? So I came out here solely to play music and then Judy um, wanted to study graphic design out here. So we we're like, all right, like let's Seattle's the place. Let's go out to Seattle. And, and have you guys kind of like, you know, you leave Apple, you go sell windows, music, worship pastor, kind of like playing in a band. And you guys are all just going, hey, we're going to make it. Like one of the questions I want to know, because it's something, it doesn't matter if you're a musician, I think an entrepreneur, there's something deep down inside of you that you know you're just going to make it. Like there is something calling you inside to put the metal to the gas, the pedal to the gas and just go for it. What, what is that calling inside of you? Like I, I think in past interviews, I've heard like there is nothing else. This is what we're going to do. But, well, I want to hear it from you. What is the thing that's driving you right now to know to keep pushing forward? I think personally for me, it's like, it just feels like effortless almost. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into it, but it doesn't feel like a job. And it feels like something I'm like, like for the first time, I feel like I'm like really good at. So it's just like naturally, like I love doing it and it feels like something I'm good at. So it's just like, all right, it's just a matter of like working your ass off to get there. That's really the only thing. And I think we all kind of feel that. Yeah. I mean, starting from an obsession as a kid, just being obsessed with music and either making music, playing music, or just listening and obsessing over music. I like kind of feels like there's just nothing else out there that I'd want to be committed to. And 
And then when it comes to like success, I just feel like there is no other option. So we just got to work hard and get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of grew up in a, like a really music, like focused family. And so I just felt like it was kind of the, the thing I was supposed to do. And I grew up like hearing stories. My dad toured with the band for like eight years. And so I grew up like listening to these stories of like tours in Europe behind the iron curtain and like all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, man, I think, I think that's what I want to do now. <laughs> such a, such a blessing to just hear your guys' humbleness too. And your story of just how you guys found each other. I got a chance to watch your tiny desk video, which I thought was amazing. I just want to make sure for everybody watching, if they ever do get a chance to check it out, that was filmed like in a closed like set, right? Like there was no way of harming anybody when you're driving your car, right? Like, Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I would, to be honest, I was driving like maybe five miles an hour, maybe like seven tops. You were playing, you were playing area. an instrument while driving. You were the, I think the only one with a seatbelt on too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true. I was. It's like we don't know how this ends, but I'm living. A cop, a cop drove by at one point. And we were like, "Oh shit, get, get, get out of here!" Get I think, out. I think filming that video for you guys. What kind of success did that bring to you? Just having something on a large scale, have a show like a spotlight on you guys. Oh man, yeah, we're huge proponents of the NPR community because we had filmed a video the year before that got a little bit of traction, and you know, solely just off people watching each other's videos and checking out who entered the contest. Um, so we wanted to do it again. And then, you know, getting featured by NPR was obviously a goal, but something we, you know, were so stoked when it happened and definitely got a, got a lot of good recognition from it that has helped with shows and other opportunities. And so we're incredibly grateful for that platform. I like it. There's a, for anybody watching the video, there's a couple of uh, animals running around. What kind of animals we got today? <laughs> this is my dog Paco. He's hanging out in the practice space today. Say hi, Paco. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I think it's, I think it's awesome. Uh, as I was saying, just you guys being humbled and, and you've been playing a lot of shows and you say like, it's really cool when you hear the audience, you know, just sing right along with even songs you haven't released. And I know that there's a big release coming soon. You got to, in the studio, you've been working really, really hard. You got an album coming out. What's the name of the new album? This Front Room. I we're going to all say it at once. Yeah, one, two, three. <laughs> this this front, front Room. room. Oh, I didn't do it. Sounds so nice. <laughs> <laughs> so where does the name come from? Uh, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> we were just kind of spitballing names, um, but that one just stuck because I think a lot of the songs are kind of talking about things that you – like hold deep inside and like don't let other people into and it's kind of like the the front room when you let people into your home they can see kind of a little bit about you but there's you know tons of doors in your house that you don't like let guests go into and that's kind of like it's kind of like the same with your psyche or your mind I guess you can say so it's kind of symbolic in that in that purpose I love it what what type of album are we going to say is like a sophomore you know pretty much the next version of Rakoma are you guys going off in a little bit of different areas now that you haven't been before I think there will be a definite continuation we recorded a lot of the songs the majority of the album at home same as we did the EP except this time we actually put some care into it (laughs) you know the EP was like really intended to be just some demos of our band to we weren't even really sure what we were going to do with it. And then we decided to put it out as a release. 
But with this uh, album, we really took time, a lot of time, making sure we were getting good sounds and good takes, good performances. And then we're working with uh, Mike Vernon Davis here in Seattle, and he's afforded us some awesome opportunities to, you know, record a little extra layers in a studio here called Hall of Justice. And uh, he's mixing it for us. And so I think it's going to be like a, a little more polished, developed, mm. concise, conceptual progression from the EP. Yeah. I think that carries over to songwriting too, not just like recording and like feel, but definitely like songwriting feels a lot more polished and things feel to me like they're put together and like thought out really well. So hopefully, hopefully (laughs) cross your fingers. (laughs) Um, You know, as a band, you guys get the opportunity to, to attend a lot of concerts, perform a lot. You guys ever like thought like who we'd love to collaborate with as a band, like you'd love to have come up on stage and maybe just jam with you or go into the studio with you and record something. Uh, 50 cent. cent. Curtis Jackson. Seems like a lovely fellow. He really does seem like a nice guy. I really want to meet him. Um, I mean, we've briefly collaborated with another good friend of ours, Seattle band, uh, Wade, who's in coach Phillips is the name of the band, but They've come up and like their drummers covered for us for Elliot <laughs> for a show, and uh, they've come up and played percussion, so like a little bit like that. But we haven't really thought about who we intentionally want to collaborate yeah. with. It would be cool to do something like so left field, yeah, you know, that like that kind of I feel that way about Lamar. covers too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you do a cover song, it's good to take a song that's like drastically different and convert it into yeah. the filter that is Rakoma. <laughs> Are you, do you guys do a lot of covers in your show? Uh, Never. No, I haven't done one. I think we've kind of always been kind of not against it, but we try to just, if we're going to spend time doing covers, we might as well just come up with something. Yeah. Like new, I think we'd probably put as much effort into it as writing a yeah. new song. <laughs> Hey, I, I think there's something cool about just jamming your own music. Plus, with a new you know album coming out, you just have that much more material to play, right? You know? Exactly. Yeah. What is, what's an average set for you? Like on a on a good night, Friday night, Saturday night. What's a what's a good set that they're looking for out of you guys to come on stage? Uh, like time wise, like 45 minutes. Um, we've done like slightly longer sets, but sometimes, well, at the beginning we'd like run out of material. We'd be like, yeah. we don't have any more songs. We'll play these five songs, <laughs> yeah. man. We can play them in Spanish for you. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, we got an opportunity to have an event with you guys um, in San Diego, which I just will segue for a moment just to talk a little bit about what I said in the intro today. You know, we were in Positano, Italy, and my wife and I were sitting at a table and Glenn and your wife, you guys are there on your honeymoon. And I just leaned in for just a brief minute and just chatted for a little bit. You were telling me you're going to go meet your uncle, hopefully in Sicily, and you're going to go on your little journey. And, you know, you said you were a musician. I said, that was awesome. We talked, went about our day, got back to our hotel. And my wife said, you know, what was Glenn's you know, band's name? And I think Racoma, someplace in Seattle. And so we, we looked it up and, and Amber and I were just floored. We we're just like, this is awesome. Like, this is just great music, good vibe. It's like you can listen to it in the morning. You listen to it tonight. It's just good, chill music. And then, then just kind of exploring your YouTube channel and seeing the stuff you guys have been doing. I love the, the, the song Fucked Up. I'm glad that you guys are putting that on the new album. And just really getting to know and see you guys. It's been awesome. 
What was it like um, for you on your honeymoon going to Italy? Well, like, let's just talk about you for a few minutes. Going to Italy, going to have some fun because, you know, you talk about Apple and door-to-door selling windows and not every day you get married, not every day you get to go travel the world. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, we never really, like, went on a trip together either. So it was like, I don't know. We went to, first we landed in Rome and then we went to uh, Positano. That was, Amalfi Coast is amazing. You said you've been there several times, right? Yep. That's like the spot. Oh my gosh. And then we went to Sicily and then Rome. Um, it was just like amazing. I think I had a really good time in Sicily, especially me and Judalie had a great time because the food was like insanely good. Like the pizza, I feel like I can eat the pizza every day for the rest of my life and not complain. But it was really cool just to spend some time with her and like actually go on a trip together and yeah. Um, get away from I us. Was, yeah, get away from Racoma <laughs> for a minute. It's mostly us. Yeah. You guys talk a, a lot about kind of like your family too. I, I hear it in your music, but I can hear it kind of in your upbringing. What do your parents say about, you know, kids being musicians? Because I, I know whatever my mom or dad wanted uh, me to be, um, that was up to them. But they've supported me in my career because I didn't go to college. I went for a very brief period of time and then I went and pursued my passion. What's the, what's the love, the feedback from your parents as you kind of growing up as a, as a, as a band and a musician? Uh, for me, for me, it's a little like strained, I guess. I, I don't want to like, put them on blast. Like I love my parents, but I don't think, I don't know if they like fully want me to be a musician. They probably want me to have something a little more stable and it's not because of like anything besides stability, you know, having like a, a good paycheck and having like benefits and, you know, it's all out of love. I don't, I don't think it's like the dream for, for them for me to be a musician, but, um, I mean, it's kind of in a weird way, it kind of like propels me to want to do it more and just be like, I look what I fucking did. And like, not like fuck you guys, but more like I did it. Like now you guys can relax and not have to worry about me. (laughs) I think there's something amazing, Glenn, when you get the opportunity to follow your heart, no matter what, you know, I, I learned this, I learned this very young in my career as an entrepreneur you got to do what you love. You got to do what you love. You got to put everything you got into it. And I don't look back. I have 13 units shy of getting my AA degree. I'm like, should I go back and spend seven grand to go get that degree? I'm, you know, 19 years down the road in a company, 23 years as an entrepreneur. And the answer is it's different for everybody. But for me, I think you guys are doing, I can't even begin to tell you where I believe you'll be in five years if you just keep staying the course and performing and being as humble as you guys are and doing the things that you love. The world just takes the energy you're throwing out into the world and brings it back and like propels you even further. I can just tell you like if you just stay the course, you guys have already made it. You're just going to make it to so many bigger stages and you're just going to keep having fun. That's my observation from a guy who's only been in radio for a short period of his career. You guys are awesome. And I just want you to know that. Give all the support, all the love to you guys. Hell just yeah. to stay thank the you thank you thanks tony yeah all right elliot what's your deal uh well i grew up again i kind of in a music family um my grandma was a music teacher for a long time my dad was a, a touring guitar player for like eight years um and then my mom met him and then she went on tour kind of with the band and she was uh she was doing like costuming and stuff um so it was a, a little different experience growing up like 
my parents really encouraged me. They like took me to shows and stuff when I was a kid and like really encouraged me to start playing. Um, I started off playing piano and then moved to drums when I was in like fifth grade. And I remember being in like seventh or eighth grade, we were going to a church on, uh, there's an area in Seattle called Capitol Hill and we didn't have a drummer. And they were like, well, you can kind of play drums. So get on stage and play the drums. Ray Romano said that to you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> so I just remember being kind of like thrown into it and like, I was fortunate enough to play with some like really killer musicians at that church, which was cool. Um, and so it kind of pushed me to uh, really start playing drums and, and taking it seriously. Um, and then I kind of like shaped a career out of it where I started interning when I was like 18 at another church playing music. I ended up going to like a worship music school actually in Costa Mesa. Um, kind of, kind of, a, I don't want to say a waste of time, but it was not really my cup of tea at all. Um, but it was definitely a good learning experience. And, and I kind of, after that, I was kind of burned out of the church and I was like, I never, ever want to work for the church in my life. And then next thing I knew I had a full-time job at the church <laughs> and I was like, okay, um, yeah, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Exactly. It's weird. <laughs> I was like, I'm never doing this. Um, and then, uh, so they, my parents have been super supportive of that, especially like, but I, there's always the backup. They're always like, you got to have a backup plan. And I am like you, I don't have a degree. Uh, I've got an, I've, I've got an AA, but that's it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I would do. After. Well, you got two guys who could teach you about Apple. I'm sure that's true. Foot in the door, right? <laughs> That'd be pretty nice. Foot in the door. Or selling windows. Or, or knocking yeah. the door. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's cool. My parents are super supportive and they come out to the shows and stuff, which is really fun. Um, but they are, they're also like, you know, you need to have a backup plan. Yeah. You need to figure that out. And I agree. I do. But, I don't want to right no. now. <laughs> you have to, you have to burn the ships to take the island. Exactly. <laughs> no At least you didn't say no the backup. bridges. I'm good with that one. All right. <laughs> All right, Sean, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I've been really fortunate to have a great mentor and like example of following your passion with my dad, who is a professional photographer, portrait photographer. And he kind of started, you know, he studied graphic design because my grandpa was a graphic designer um, but he just decided that photography was where he wanted to invest his time and love in and just kind of went for it, like reached out to some big photographers, Ansel Adams, Richard Avedon, and they were lucky enough to show him some stuff and, and then just kind of like going out and grabbing his opportunities. He started shooting portraits at a, a theater in the Bay Area, got to photograph people like Frank Sinatra and tons of amazing people building a portfolio. So he has always been really supportive and really passionate about me doing what I, I feel like is my calling. <laughs> so yeah, I feel really lucky to have him as an example and support and he's a big Rakoma fan too. So like thanks that. dad. <laughs> hey, uh, Spencer, you're the yeah. quiet one of the group. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, my friend? Um, I've been fortunate to have my parents' support as well. Just uh, I haven't necessarily had many musicians in my family, but you know, my dad's owned like guitars and basses and kind of fiddled around when he was younger. But he was kind of the main um, support in like the instruments. He he got us a drum set as a family, and it was really cool to just like have that stuff at home to play with and spend time with and to learn and then you know my my mom let me like bring that drum set over 
and uh, play really loud in my room with my buddies and and I was able to just like figure it out uh, well enough to like start doing things with it and yeah and they they still support me today they they think it's cool that I'm doing this and yeah what's the what's the ages of you guys right now just so I can get an idea so uh, 29 Glenn uh, Elliot I'm 28 Sean my name's Sean I'm 29 <laughs> <laughs> Spencer I just turned 30 Ooh, the oldest of the group. Hey, we're yeah. going to take a quick break on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. We are talking to uh, an indie alternative band today, Rakoma, Elliot, Glenn, Spencer, and Sean. You guys be sure to stick around. We'll be right back on the Be Fulfilled show. Hey, since Tony's taking a break, let's take one together. Did you know that the average cough comes out of your mouth at about 60 miles per hour, while a sneeze can travel as fast as 100 miles per hour? Jeez. Oh, Tony's back. While you're soaking in this awesome episode, I'm going to go online and search for a sneeze speedometer. Hey, we are back on the Beef of Hill podcast show. Tony Grubmeyer along with the cool band Rakoma, all the way from Seattle today. Crammed not in a tiny car, but into a tiny little room. Even got their dog Paco <laughs> chilling with them today. Yes. Um, oh, what up, got Paco? Elliot, Glenn, Spencer, and Sean. Welcome back, guys. How y'all doing? Great. Good. Good. Amazing. So, before the break, we were talking a little bit about music, your upbringing, we also talked about a new album dropping and you guys were really, really excited about, you know, this front room. And what I'd love to do is showcase a song from that album, let everybody just kind of listen in. So what's a, a new exciting song that's dropping on the album you guys are all excited about? Yeah, this song's called The Kicker and it's our first single. Wrote it, recorded most of it at home and little little things at Hall of Justice. And So we were kind of writing, um, we were probably on our like eighth song ninth song in at this point i'm like losing it lyrically i can't figure out anything to write about so i google um like sad short stories and one of them was um it was i kept this sonogram someone i never met or i kept the ultrasound someone i never met and then i was like at that point i just kind of cried to myself i was like wow this is like really powerful and it was on like some buzzfeed like shitty article (laughs) But at that point, I was just like very emotional just toward the album. But uh, I, I immediately thought of my sisters and my mom and just all women who like go through, you know, childbirth and what they do for, for us as kids. But yeah, it's basically, it's just a song about kind of that. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to shut up. We're just going to play this song. I'll come back. I got some questions for you about that because I think that's awesome. You guys are doing it. So Brand new song, uh, the lead in off their new album. Uh, this front room is Kicker.
hey, what a killer song. And um, Glenn, you said something right before the song kicked off. Like, you know, you kind of were at your wits end, just kind of like, oh, I can't do this. Like, what do I do? So you go serve BuzzFeed and you, you find an ultrasound. And next thing you know, a song gets created from this, this concept. Um, but you said something really, really cool. Like what, like your mom, you know, grandma, aunts, women go through to bring us into this world. I think that's such a powerful statement because, I mean, I know it takes two to kind of make a baby, but magically, you know, you pop into this world and then, you know, you guys all have different styles, all come from different places in the world. And, you know, you all found each other, worked odd jobs. I know you were talking, um, you know, Elliot, about, you know, oh man, I was doing this, you know, worship thing and I didn't know if this is what I wanted to do and blah, 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 blah. But all of those things led you to this interview right now. Like all of those things played an important role in getting you to this moment. And, you know, I think it's so cool when you guys just get a kick it. And I hope in like when you envision where you're going to be in the next couple of years, you'll remember not necessarily this interview, but the time that you guys put in the extra effort from from recording, allowing people to help you along your journey, from door knocking to, you know, doesn't matter what you have done. It matters what you do with all of that. Mm. And I want you to envision just for a moment, you know, 10, 15 years down the road and all of a sudden you're getting introduced into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I want you to just imagine for life for a moment, just like looking out of the world, what would be something you would give an up and coming musician as you reflect back on your journey to hopefully help another person on theirs? Wow. That's a really good question. question. (laughs) Yeah. Probably time. I would probably love to give some time and some effort and help somebody in any way I can kind of like what you're doing for us. Like you're successful and you're helping us, you know, become successful. So I think that's really cool that you can like, you know, bring that back and like 180 that to somebody else. Yeah. I think that that time, that mentorship from like one musician to another like i know that i experienced a lot of that growing up especially like in the church having these like old dudes who like played at like gnarly bars their whole lives then then, like somehow wound up at church (laughs) like having them kind of mentor you and be like you know this is this is this is how you drop into a song Uh, let me show you like a better way of doing it i think that mentorship is incredibly important i would say opportunity as well like find opportunities and jump on them because i didn't even know about these guys and i found them at a random show i went to and met them said i wanted to be their friends and i'm in the band now (laughs) now now you're in the band but you're not a friend right (laughs) keep working at it though yeah i'm still working on yeah keep going man you got this The uh, the interesting thing for me, just even talking about just what you shared about going to a a concert and watching and then saying to yourself, like, man, I'd love to be friends with these guys. Reminds me of that scene, if it's real or not, in Bohemian Rhapsody, when he just says to the band afterwards, you're looking for some help. Basically, like, you need a singer, right? Um, that's such a big part of, of my world is asking somebody not for help, but hey, is there anything I could do? Is it, what could I bring to the table? What could I do to support you guys, right? And, and because everything comes back. Like I believe in the, you throw the boomerang of good, it comes right back to you. If you have an intention 
to try to like rip somebody off or do something wrong, the boomerang of evil comes and hits you in the back of the head. You go, what the fuck just happened? Because I believe everything is energy and it's all good and positive. So throw a lot of that out into the universe and it all comes back. And that's why for me, like meeting Glenn, like we talked for 15, 20 minutes. It wasn't that, but I just said to myself, like, this guy has something special. I would love to mentor. I'd love to invest some of my time and energy. I'm excited that you guys are going to be coming and playing a gig at Traffic and Conversion in San Diego. It's a private dinner. I mean, it's invite only. It's pretty exclusive. You guys are coming in. I'm, I'm proud to be able to put you up on a stage and a platform, introduce you into my entire network of friends. I think the combined room of everybody in that is well over about a billion dollars. You know, so like I it's think you guys more. having an opportunity to be in there, if it opens a couple doors, awesome. If it opens thousands, I'm so excited for that. But that's all about you, Glenn, being in the right place at the right time, doing the yeah. right thing. You know, yeah. that's what opens the door to the next thing. And having you guys on the show today, like I've been sick in bed for the last like week. And I was like, damn, I can't wait to get to the office today and record this. Like you guys, <laughs> I hope you truly know. And I know because you're too humble. That's so it's easy for me to say, if you just keep doing what you're doing, keep having fun and don't ever lose that, that kidding in you guys having fun with the new guy in the band. Who's just now the oldest guy in the band. You know? Just imagine <laughs> Freddie, if you were like Freddie Mercury of the band, <laughs> like 1920 and he was 21. He could buy you beer. I mean, he would be oh, that shit. guy. Oh, he still, we still make him buy his beer. <laughs> big brother Spencer. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity to have you guys come on the show today. And, um, part of the show, what I love is I bring people into what I call the fulfillment round. Um, the fulfillment round is about three to five random ass questions. There's no phone a friend. There's four of you. So I'm sure you guys can come up with a witty answer. If you don't know the answer, please like Jeopardy, give it your best guess and you can't offend me. So don't worry about that. Have fun. And what this really is, is when you share this with everybody in your world, the people listening are going to know something new about you that maybe you're not personally talking about. But it's something that could be interesting to them to go, hey, that brings us a closer connection to the band. So if you guys are ready, I need all four of you collaboratively to say, yes. I am ready. I am, I am ready. ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine, no digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicus. And I promise Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The fulfillment round brought to you by shipoffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? We'll start with uh, Elliot. Um, All right. First song oh. you can take us back to singing in the shower. Oh, um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, um, After the Love is Gone. Ooh. What I would give to be in that shower. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean, uh, what was song for you in the shower? Um, probably... An early Beatles song. I'm going to go with I Should Have Known. I like it. Spencer? Uh, I'm not sure, but I'll say probably some Yes song from the 80s because I remember listening to that stuff on my dad's stereo. So uh, what was one of those songs? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just sing it like you're in the shower. And, um, <laughs> I don't remember the, the song. I love oh, owner of a lonely heart. Oh, there, there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Glenn, how about you? I would say a Beatles song as well, not to rip you off, but Come it's... Come on, man. You don't own the Beatles. Get your own shower. <laughs> hey, the Beatles don't exist if you've seen the movie yesterday, right? 
No, that's true. That's true. I haven't seen that movie. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen it. I know the premise. It's a great movie, by the way. If you haven't watched it, I think you guys would get a good kick out of it. So a question that I love in, in kind of a little bit of your intro, it talked about pizza. I got a question and I just want your honest yes or no. Does pineapple belong on a pizza? No. Yes. I'm yeah. going to say yes. I'm going to say it doesn't deserve all the discrimination against it being on a pizza. We should put yeah, a change.org petition together. <laughs> Does pineapple belong on pizza? Um, what's your favorite song you've, you've written and you've performed? Like maybe the, like your favorite song. Individually, you guys have all probably performed some pretty amazing music over your careers. But what's maybe a song you perform that you just really love? Uh, There's a new song called Morning Cartoons I really like. Um, sometimes I don't like it because it's a little slower, but there's moments like we played the other night and I was just like kind of emotional playing it and I really like, I don't know, you guys will hear it, hopefully. I like it. Uh, honestly, like I love the kicker. I love playing that song. I love singing it. Like it's, I think it's, I think it's a, a banger. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's a song called Dog Bones. Um, probably because it's, it's a really good, like grounding song. If I'm like feeling a little extra nervous, it's just a good, like mid tempo song. And I really like the groove and just kind of like settles me into what we're doing when we play it live. Yeah. Yeah. I'd also say dog bones. I just, I love that song, but to put another one out there, I'd say it fucked up because it just feels really powerful live. It's like the lead in. If you guys are not. Uh, watching uh, this, go to YouTube, type in Rakoma, have like a 12 minute, I think it's like 31 second video. They get interviewed from a really cool guy, I think somewhere in Seattle. And the first song is fucked up. And I just think it's, it's just great. So you get to see what these guys look like um, in their element. Glenn looks like he's got a yarmulke on every time because he got big poofy hair. Yeah, it was like all squashed. <laughs> and every time I put headphones on, like my hair right now is squashed. <laughs> all right. Hey, I got a serious question. I want, um, I want you guys to take a moment just to think about it because I, I think your answer is going to be really impactful for the years to come. If you could kind of change anything about the industry, what would it be? I think people taking advantage of other people, I would nix that. Uh, that's just in the world, I guess. But just people, yeah, trying to, trying to use people for their profit. Um, you can see that sometimes at venues or other places. It's just kind of not cool. Yeah. It's a good answer. I agree with that. I like yeah. That. I mean, I just think if it starts from a place of like genuinely passion for the music or for, you know, whoever you're working with, whether it's like having a band at the venue or putting a, a band on the label or like things like that, if it starts from, a genuine place. I think that's always a good thing. Definitely. I have another one actually. Ego. Ego's it. Mm. Ego is a big one with music. I think we're really good at checking each other's egos. Like if sometimes I get a little out of line or vice versa, we're always there to like be like, no, this is about the fucking song. This is not about us, you know? Yeah, and it ego is the thing that gets in the way of serving the song, I think. I love it. I think they're great answers. And I just want to say thanks to you guys for coming on. I think the powerful stuff. I hope everybody listening today gets a chance to really listen in between the lines of kind of what was shared today. And you can really hear the humbleness, but you can hear the, the dedication to their craft, their passion for putting out really good music. The thing that is really, really exciting um, as you kind of 
sit together today, my observation is, has your, has your music been pressed to an LP? Have you ever had your music put on an LP? We're working like a on true that. album, like, you know, those round things with a needle and, <laughs> yeah, totally. and you can scratch. A couple of us are big fans of vinyl yeah. records. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do that with our upcoming album. That's we've been saving. <laughs> what, what does something like that even cost? We're not entirely sure yet. I like think three, it's pretty expensive. Grand. Yeah. Three, four grand for like a hundred of them. Really? So we've been, uh, we've got some money tucked away to, to be able to do that this time. I think that would be pretty special. Hey, um, so I would love to contribute a thousand dollars towards making that become a reality. If you give me one of the first 100. Oh, wow. Hell yeah. Thank you. Definitely. (laughs) We can also just give you one. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you know what? I believe in you guys. Not only am I going to bring you out to an event, let you guys do it, but I think that kind of stuff is really, really cool. So I had a guy back in the day, I was in radio, um, trying to think about how long ago it was 1994, I think 94. And he had said to me, he goes, how would you, cause the, the pay was $8 an hour. And I was working at a, at a radio station. He goes, you know, you could stay working here flipping, you know, records. It was really kind of getting into like CDs mainstream, or you go to like a burger shop and flip burgers. They pay the same. What would you rather do? And I always remember that because that was like an impactful moment in my life because I'm like, shit, like I could leave this job right now and go flip burgers and make the same amount of money. What would I want to do? And that's why I'm so passionate about helping you guys is because in, in your talk today is really about dedication and you guys are staying the course. And I just want you to know there's people out there rooting for you. Um, sometimes you may not feel it or see it but there's somebody sitting in the next concert you're gonna do or listening to your, your uh, music on Spotify or, or hearing about you from a friend. So just keep pushing forward and I'll make sure that you guys get that $1,000 today. So somebody will give me a, an account and I'll drop it in today. But I want you guys to know that there's people out like me who don't know you very well or who are rooting for you. So just keep the course, do whatever you guys possibly can. Just keep putting out amazing music and I promise great things will happen for you and countless others. Hey, thank you. Thank, thank you so, so much. That's incredible. Thank you, Tony. Seriously. All right, guys, that is the band Rakoma. I'll drop all their details. You can find them all at TonyGrubmeyer.com. Uh, look for Rakoma out and about. And we're going we're gonna to spread this issue. We're going to get this thing out there. We're also going to throw you guys in our upcoming uh, magazine that's going to be dropping at the show you're playing. So you'll be featured in a magazine that we release. It'll be our third edition of the Be Fulfilled magazine. So I'm excited for that. So look for that. You guys are going to be featured in a magazine. And more. Awesome. We got music and everything you need available today. Check them out. This is Rakoma. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you. All right, guys. That is Rakoma. My name is Tony Grebmeyer. Until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.